The message you're about to listen to is a recording from God's favorite house. It is our prayer that you listen, your life will be transformed, and you will be taken to greater heights in your walk with Jesus. Amen. God bless you as you listen to this message. Okay, Thanksgiving. Say to your neighbor, are you grateful this morning? (laughs) Are you grateful? You see, an old saying goes like this. Your life is God's gift to you. But what you do with it is your gift to God. Your life is God's gift to you. What you do with your life is your gift back to God. Are you going to be the voice of the voiceless? Are you going to serve? Are you going to be useful to your generation? What you do with your life, are you going to cower under the bushel? What you do with your life is your gift back to God. In Psalm 50, Psalm 50, verse 23a, God tells us the kind of gifts he wants, the kind of sacrifice he wants. He says, the sacrifice that honors me is a thankful heart. God says, it's a thankful heart that honors me. Not just saying thank you, but meaning thank you. If someone gives you a gift, and you look at the gift, and you say, thank you, and you walk away, have you said thank you? If someone gives you a gift, and you look at the gifts, and you do your mouth like this, no, we part of the world. <laughs> thank you. Have you said thank you? No. But if someone gives you a gift, and he says, oh, this is so thoughtful. Thank you, thank you. And you hug them. Have you said thank you? Yes. So from the heart is what God wants. God wants us to honor him by thanking him from the heart. And Paul was warning Timothy that a time will come in Second Timothy. Second Timothy chapter 3. One and two. That a time will come. That you should know this, Timothy. That in the last days, the days we are in, there will be very difficult times. You all know that. We are in those days already. For people will love only themselves and their money. They will be boastful and proud, scoffing at God. Disobedient to parents and ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred. If people want to increase their followership on Twitter today, all they need to do is take a jab at Jesus or attack the church. Their followership will increase. No regard for the things of God at all. Ungrateful. Now, you and I cannot, we can't even afford to be ungrateful. So today we are going to look at why Should I live my life as a thank you note to God? And how can I do that? Why should I do it? And how can I do it? 
You can know why to do something and not know how to do it. You do, cannot know why you should do something and you don't know how to do it. You may know why you should drive, but you don't know how to drive. It's possible. So, why, for starters, should I live my life? Should you live your life? As a thank you note to your maker, to God. Why? The first reason is because of who God is. Because of who God is. You should live a life of gratitude because God is who he is. If God was some mean-spirited, evil, petty, vindictive person, or weak, puny, cannot save, cannot deliver, inconsistent, unreliable person, then it won't be worthy of our thanks. It really will not be worthy of our thanks. If God was not strong and powerful, if God was weak and fearful, if God was not full of love, he's not full of love, he's, he's full of hate and evil, then he's not worthy of our thanks. In the story that God is writing, God is the king that died for his people. In other stories, it is the people that die for their king. So God is the direct opposite of all this. God is worthy. Everybody say worthy. God is worthy. Psalm 145 verse 3 says to us that the Lord is great, is worthy of our praise. No one can understand how great he is. God is worthy. To be worthy is to be deserving of something. You know, growing up, you have six children with two or three cousins staying with us. So we had a full house. So when it was meal time, there was a time we were all eating from the same bowl. Eba was a constant lunch. Monday to Saturday, constant. I grew up eating Eba every day, except Sunday. That's why we love Jesus so much. Because it gives us the opportunity to eat pounded yam or rice on another day. After Sunday, it's back to Eba. So we have this mountain of Eba, and the pieces of meat counted in different sizes are in the soup. And we all be, we begin to eat. But you see, the challenge was, for me, was there was this hierarchy in the house where the firstborn would pick the piece of meat he wants, then the secondborn would pick the piece he wants out the third. But we had a cousin that was still with us, and she was just four days, five days. I keep saying four days. She was only four and a half days. Older than, older than me. She was born on the 4th of January. I was born on the 9th of January. 
And she too, she will pick before me. First, second, third, somebody else has picked. I mean, I'm usually not happy with what is left. So I devised a strategy. When the Eba is going down and going down, I will watch, I will watch. I will take, you know how you do your Eba like this, you know? I just take the biggest meat and put it in my mouth. And every, they will rush me. Punches will begin to land. They will put in their hand in my mouth to rescue the meat. I said, for where? <laughs> this one has gone. <laughs> I refuse to be cheated in this house. <laughs> that was how I was. And I was like, why should they take before me every time? If you say we'll be rotating it, you will take first. Then, then so I, can, I can live with that. Because I, I, I said to myself that this, what, why is she deserving? Why is she worthy of picking before me? Because she came out four days before me? Funny off. <laughs> I felt that was, unf- that was unfair. You see, but the God we serve is worthy of our thanksgiving. It's worthy of our praise. It's worthy of our worship. We are not just thanking him because of one hierarchy. We are in hierarchical order. We are not just thanking him because if we don't, then he, he will bully us or he will beat us or he will break our head. If God does that, there will be nobody alive on earth today. We thank him because he deserves our worship. He deserves our praise. So we thank God. Why? Number one, because of who he is. Because of who he is. Because of who God is. Psalm 79. Verse 13b. Psalm 79 says, 97, <clears throat> 12b. Give thanks to God as you remember how holy he is. Give thanks to God as you remember how holy he is. Psalm 118, verse 1 says, Tell the Lord how thankful you are. Psalm 118, verse 1, because he is kind and sometimes merciful. Because he is kind and always merciful. Always merciful. So why should I live a life of thanksgiving to God? Because of who he is, number one. Number two, why should I live a life of thanksgiving to God? Because of what he has done. Because of what he has done. Psalm 52 verse 9 says... I will thank you, God, forever for what you have done. Psalm 148, verse 5 says, Let all things praise the name of the Lord. Why? Because he created. Because we were created at his command. Psalm 9, verse 14b, I will praise you and rejoice. Why? Because you saved me. So we thank God because of, not only because of who he is, that's enough reason, but we also thank him because of what he has done 
And God does not want us to ever forget what he has done. God doesn't want us to ever forget what he has done for us. What has God, God done for you this year? What has God done for you this past six months? God does not want you to ever forget it. The fact that he saved us, he says, I don't want you to ever forget that I saved you. Oh, have only communion. Last supper is called, the real, you know, the root word is Eucharist. And Eucharist just simply means giving thanks. So every time we have Holy Communion, we are giving thanks to Jesus for what he has done for us. So why should I live my life as a thank you note? Number one, because of who God is. Number two, because of what he has done. And I mean, if it's just for who he is and what he has done is more than enough. But number two, there's a third reason why we should always thank him. It's because of what he has promised. It's because of what God has promised. So God is not just because of who he is or what he has done. He has promised. God has good plans for you. If it's just to die on the cross, that's enough. If it's just being God by himself, that's enough. But God has promises in stock for you. So, what am I saying? What I'm saying is this. God has not finished doing the good things in your life. Praise the name of the Lord. It doesn't matter how old you think you are. I you think you've seen the best days of your life. God has sent you here this morning to hear that he has not finished. So let me look at your name and say God has not finished the good things in your life. Don't give up. God has not finished. God is not done yet. You are under construction. Psalm, Psalm 71. Psalm 71, verse 22. It says, I will praise you because you are faithful to your promises. So we thank him because he's faithful to his promises. Not only do we thank him for who he is, not only do we thank him for what he has done, we thank him for what he said to do. We thank him for what he said to do. God is said to do amazing things in your life. Praise the name of the Lord. So, those are the three reasons why. There may be more, but those three are enough for anybody why we should. But the question is, okay, Pastor, I know why. I agree with why. But how can I? How? You know, because sometimes people do things that they believe that it is required of God, but it's not required of God. Someone was sharing of how he found someone that has emancipated and almost dying. And he said to him, that, what are you doing to yourself? He says, oh, that is fasting for 21 days. No food, no water. And the man says, why? He says, oh, that um, one prophet said to him that 
Ah, his sins are plenty. He needs to fast for 21 days so that God can forgive his sins and cleanse, cleanse him. And he, too, he agrees that his sin have, sins are plenty. So he decided to fast. If the guy drops dead, his, still, his sins remain. Because it is not your fasting that will take away your sins. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Praise the name of the Lord. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. So, knowing that you have to do something doesn't mean you know how to do it. It doesn't mean you know what is required of you. So, how can I? First way is this. You have to thank God by singing from your heart. I was there singing from your heart. So, the question is, can the tone of your voice change the meaning of what you are saying? Can the tone of your voice give your expression a different meaning? Of course it can. So, God says, sing from your heart. So, when we come to church or when your life groups today, when it's time to sing, God wants you to sing how? From your heart. From your heart. So, what that means is that you are singing and you mean it. You can't sing from your heart if we are singing how great is our God. And people are singing, sing with me how great is our God. Oh, we sing how great how great and and that's your own is this choir is trying that cannot be it. God wants you to sing from where? From your heart. From your heart. Psalm 147, verse 7 says, Sing out your thanks to him. Not sing in. Sing out your thanks to him. Sing praises to our God. Forget about self-consciousness. Stop looking at yourself because nobody else is looking at you. Just focus on Jesus. I've just seen my um, my tie. <laughs> I changed that very quickly. Sometimes we just need to forget about ourselves. So that's the that's Number one way of how we can say thank you. Secondly, by telling others the good news, by telling others about Jesus, by telling other people about Jesus, we are saying thank you to God. Isaiah 12 verse 4, Isaiah 12 4 says to us, thank the Lord and praise his name. Tell the world about what? 
about his wonderful love. Tell the world about his wonderful love. That's what God has said. God wants us to proclaim to the world. You, you see, if you have a friend, a lot of people are dying of HIV, of, um, of cancer. Let's just take those two. I mean, today in the world. And there's no real cure for it. And if you have a friend that has a cure for HIV and cancer, but he's keeping it to himself, he's not sharing it with the world, he's just saying, I just want to keep it to myself. What, what would you do? How would you feel? I mean, you shouldn't be happy about that, I hope. I hope you are not that friend. <laughs> you shouldn't be. I mean, I would confront the friend and say, oh God, the world needs this. God gave you this for a purpose. And that's how we are. We sit on the solution to the peace of the world, to eternity of mankind. His name is Jesus the problems that a lot of homes are facing today, the solution is with you. God wants you to reach out to people that are far from him and tell them about God so that God can invade their lives, but we keep quiet. That needs to change. It needs to change. You know, we, we say um, that past forgiving, purpose for living, home in heaven, Jesus is alive. And we're excited about it. But you see, when we don't reach out to our neighbors and we don't reach out to our friends about the hope we have, what we are saying is past forgiving, purpose for living, home in heaven, everybody else can go to hell. That's what we are saying. And it's a life of ingratitude. It's a life of ingratitude. God wants us to be grateful and we are grateful when we tell the world about him. There was a, a movie, you know, this drama, you know, of some man that, was, that died and was going to hell. Then he saw his neighbor that died and was going to heaven. And he stopped the procession and says to God, that man cannot be going to heaven. We play together. Our children do their birthdays together. He didn't tell me about Jesus for one day. We die here. He's not going anywhere. <laughs> they are dead already. <laughs> you know? And that is how it is. Even though that was the drama, but how would you feel? You are in heaven. That's your friend that you did you ate lunch together. You went to work together. He's in hell. How would you feel? Happy? Fulfilled? See where I am. See where they are. Of course not. So God is relying on you and it's a way of us coming back to God and saying thank you. When we reach out to people that are far from God, how can I show my gratitude? Number one, by singing from my heart. Number two, 
by telling others the good news. Number three, by serving him with the abilities he has given me. By serving him with the abilities he has given me. If you say to your spouse, oh, I love you, but you don't serve his needs or our needs. You say to your wife, oh, I love you, but you don't serve our needs. After a while, you can say I love you ten times. It will mean nothing. In fact, you can use the deepest voice in, that you have. Baby, I love you. She just look at you and say, oh, God, <laughs> I beg, I beg, I beg, I beg. You know, because <laughs> you have to, you cannot just say. In Hebrews 12, 28, Hebrews 12, 28b, it says, let us please God, how? By serving him with thankful hearts. Let us please God by serving him with thankful hearts. So you, you, you're like, oh, pastor, how do I serve God? I mean, God is in heaven. He has his angels, billions of them. He doesn't need anything from me. There's, I mean, how can God now say in his words that I should thank him with, um, serve him with a thankful heart when he has his angels? How can I serve God? And the answer is this. We serve God by serving people. We serve God by, by serving people. So as you came to church today and you are seated in church today, there are some people serving you, taking care of your children in Syrac. They are serving God by serving people. Every day of the week, there's a vigil here in church. There are people praying for you every day. They are serving God by serving you. And we can go on from one department to the other. The traffic people are in the rain trying to make sure everybody gets in with minimum disturbance from the rain. The choir is here rehearsing. They are serving God by serving you. But you see, you cannot just come in and you are chopping everything that everybody is serving. And you are not serving anybody. Something is wrong with that. Praise the name of the Lord. Oh yes, it is. So ask your neighbor, how are you serving? <laughs> How are you serving? You see, we shouldn't just say thank you. We should show it by serving. We should show it by serving. We shouldn't just say thank you. It's, it's, after a while, thank, words become cheap. If your actions do not back them up, God wants you to link hands 
and serve his children. He says, oh, but I'm a, I'm a big boy. How can I be the one sweeping the floor? They are <laughs> you know, you are not serving man. You are serving God. There are people sacrificing. Even as I speak, they are in the toilet, washing the toilet, serving you. And the service is unto, unto God. They have jobs, they have families, they, have, they are big men in their own rights. If there's anything like that. But they give everything up for God. What are you doing? Every time you serve God's people and you serve people, even if it's in a, you're volunteering in, in a charity, whatever you do, every time you serve people, you are building God's kingdom. Particularly God's people. Every time, every time you serve people, you are helping in building the kingdom. There are people that need to be discipled by you. They need to grow up in things of God. Every time you do that, you are helping build God's kingdom. The former um, CEO of Disney World said to Rick Warren, Rick Warren is a pastor, and, you know, his name is Michael Eisner, the former president of Disney Corporation. He said to Rick Warren, while I was busy, while I was building the magic kingdom, you were building the real kingdom. At the end of his career, he looked back, I mean, the, I, I, well, I don't know, I, I, the biggest job anybody should want is a job like see, president of Disney World. At the end of his career, he says, ah, I could have built another kingdom also. What if he had been volunteering at Saddleback? Because he lives in Southern California, where Saddleback is. What if he had been volunteering in Saddleback? Because CEOs have control of their time. What if he has been ushering while he was, God was promoting him? What, what if he has been in traffic? What if he had been in prayer? What if he had been in the choir? What if he had been, because like I said, CEOs have control over their time. The average American CEO reads 60 books a year. When I saw that start, I was shocked. 60, average American CEO. How many books do you read a year? A lot of them play golf. Each round of golf is about four hours. So they can tweak their time. You can tweak your time to serve your maker. Praise the name of the Lord. So how do I say thank you? How can I show my gratitude? Number one, by singing from my heart. Number two, by... Number three, by... And number four, by giving an offering back to God. By giving an offering back to God. Psalm 50, verse 14, says, Give an offering to show how to show your thanks to God. Give him what you promised. Thanks 
giving. Thanks and giving go together. That's why it's called thanksgiving. Thanks and giving go together. And if you are serious about thanking God, by the grace of God, we are serious about thanking God, God's holy house. We should take our thanksgiving services seriously. We should come with gratitude in our hearts. We should take our thanksgiving offerings seriously. We should come with gratitude in our hearts. Why? Because what we are saying is this. We are saying to God, Lord, thank you. I'm giving this back to you. In, in Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy chapter 16, verse 10, it says, celebrate the harvest festival to honor the Lord your God by bringing him a free will, a free will offering in proportion to the blessing he has given you. So the question is, how has God blessed you in your life? How has he blessed you? If he's blessed you a lot, God is saying you have to give in proportion. You have to give a lot. If he's blessed you a little, God is saying give a little. If he has not blessed you at all, in proportion means what? Give nothing. God is not upset. If he has not blessed you, why is he expecting anything? Praise the name of the Lord. But he says, give in proportion of what you have received. You know, I introspect a lot, so when things happen to me, I, I usually check my life and, you know, try and set myself, adjust myself, and, and all that. Recently, last week, my wife and daughter said, oh, they want to go and get ice cream. <laughs> so, that's, daddy should sponsor. Oh, yeah. I, I said, yes, 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 buy ice cream. So, I, I said, they should go and buy ice cream. <laughs> and they came back, and they brought one for me, too. I didn't ask for but they brought one for me. And I'm like, wow. The thing had almonds on it, you know. And I was just whooping the ice cream. And, you know, my wife tells me the amount of the ice cream for three of us. <laughs> I was like, eh? <laughs> I was like, what? This thing is what? You mean we've chopped this amount? <laughs> And at the end, I, I, I sat and I said to myself, how much do I give to God when I come on Sunday, for instance? And I checked, because the ice cream was expensive. And I said to myself, if I can chop this ice cream, you know, that's what the chop and wipe and clean out. Literally. That was what we did. We chopped and we what am I doing? By God's grace, and I'm grateful to God, by finding was, even though I know I need to up it, the cost of the ice cream was just a third of what I give on Sundays. One third. So I'm like, I just ate one third. As in, in an unnecessary way. Because who says you have to eat ice cream? Where's the written? Thou must take ice cream. It's not, it's not anywhere. 
It's just those are the pets of life. <laughs> but some of you, the ice cream you are eating is more than the offering you are giving. Something is wrong with that. Oh. I kid you not. Something is definitely wrong with that. Some of us, we need to adjust in proportion of how God has blessed us. And that is how it is. And that's why it should be. So, bottom line, Pastor, what am I saying? What am I saying? What I'm saying is this. The level of your giving is the level of your gratitude. The level of your giving is the level of your gratitude. It shows how grateful you really are. Praise the name of the Lord. So, how can I show my gratitude? How many did I say we'll talk about? Five. Good. How can I show my gratitude? Number one, by singing from my heart. Number two, number three, number four, and number five, by living each day as a thank you gift to God. By living each day. Colossians 3.17 says to us, whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it in the name of the Lord, giving thanks to God. Whatever you do, you are mowing your lawn, you are washing your dishes, you are doing your diapers, you are um, cleaning the window, you are eating your food, you are whatever you do. Whatever means whatever. Whatever you do, do it. So God expects us to live a life that is giving thanks to God. Living each day, giving thanks to God. First Thessalonians 5.18 says to us, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. It is a give thanks for all circumstances. There's a who says, oh, God says, you know, Christians, we are, not, we are supposed to give thanks for everything. So all these killings that are happening, we should just be giving thanks for them. No, that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says, give thanks in circumstances. We are hurt, but we know you know better than us, so we thank you. Do you understand? We are not thanking you for what has happened. We are thanking you in spite of what has happened. Colossians chapter 2, verse 7. Colossians 2, 7. It says, let your lives overflow with thanksgiving. For all God has done. For your life to overflow, it means when people come in contact with you, what they live with is a life of gratitude. When people leave your presence, they live, ah, this, this person is really grateful. Or they just become grateful themselves. They just don't know why. It has overflown from your life to their life. Because in this world, you will have troubles. There are things that won't just go the way you want them to go. But God says, let your life overflow with thanksgiving. I want to challenge you to live and commit your life to God like that. Let your life, regardless of where you are in your journey, let your life overflow with thanksgiving. 
And how else can you say thank you rather than committing your life to him? Let's bow our hearts as we bow our heads. If you are saying today, Pastor, I want to show my gratitude to God. I want to say thank you. I want to commit my life to him. Can you pray with me? Yes, I want to pray with you. The rest of us, let's just thank him. Let's find a reason to thank him. Find a reason to thank God. Yes, I want to pray with you, my brother, my sister. Should I come forward? No, you don't need to come forward. Wherever you are seated, I'll pray with you. And God will breathe upon you and accept you. That is me, Pastor. Pray with me. Put up your hand now over your head. Quickly, I will pray together. If you put up your hand, put up your hand. Well, God bless you, my sister. Right there in front. God bless you. That is me. Pastor, pray with me. Shoot it up. Once you have the card, you can put down that hand. It's okay. Just shoot up the hands. If you are online, the instructions are scrolling. That is me, Pastor. Pray with me. I will pray together. First of all, let's find a reason to thank him. Just thank him. Just say, Father, I thank you. I thank you. I thank you. I thank you. I thank you, Lord. I give you praise and glory. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I pray for everyone, my Father, that is surrendering to you. We ask that you have mercy upon them. Cleanse and sanctify. Fill them with your presence in the name of Jesus. Lord, let all our lives overflow with gratitude. And let your name be glorified. Honor and glory be given to you. Jesus, mighty name, we are free.